Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly edit of wedding inspiration and information. Over the past few weeks, we've loved addressing your questions and predicaments on the show, which is why we've decided to spend one whole episode doing just that. So this week we're hosting a wedding planning Q&A special, essentially a quick fire round in which we aim to address as many of your dilemmas as possible. So think of it as a podcast version of sex education in school and that day when you put all of your anonymous questions in a box and the teacher, or in my case a nun, but we'll talk about that another time, <laughs> had to pick the questions out of the it's box and answer them. exciting and tense. And terrifying. For everyone involved. Yeah, but I'm really excited about this episode. I can't wait to get to the questions because there are some really juicy ones in there and some really boring but relevant as well ones. Yes, yeah, so a few weeks ago we did a shout out on Instagram and you guys sent us some amazing ones. So thank you so much for sending them in. Can't wait to get stuck in. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Over the years, Claire and I have accumulated more wedding planning knowledge than frankly we know what to do with which is why we like to take some time out each week to pass on an invaluable piece of advice to our lovely listeners. Claire, you've chosen this week's tip. I have. And this week's tip is two words. Be decisive. May I suspect that this is based on the Q&A special that is to follow and the amount of questions that we received this week? Yes. So we love getting your questions, but so many of them were about things that were kind of solvable by just making a decision. And I know it's really hard and I know for some people it can be absolutely paralysing to choose what you're going to have for your wedding dinner, what dress to buy, who to have as your bridesmaids. But if there's one thing that's going to save you time, money and stress in planning your wedding, it's being decisive. And if that doesn't come naturally to you, your wedding is a great time to work on it. Yeah, I have to say, like, I do have a lot of compassion for couples because if you're getting married or planning a wedding today, you have probably 10,000 more options than couples who are getting married 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm. The amount of options out there can be really paralyzing. And I understand as well I mean, in my case, buying a house is something I did recently. There's a part of you that needs it to be your dream version of the thing, like your dream house, your dream wedding. And after the fact has passed, you realise, look, I could only do my best with the resources I had, the place I was in my life, the time I had to make the decisions. So cut yourself some slack. I do think giving yourself a deadline helps. Yeah, If necessary. Setting regular deadlines. So by the end of April, I have to book the flowers. By the end of May, I have to decide on the bridesmaids dresses. And setting that kind of timeline deadline the whole way along will definitely help you on your way. 
the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Okay, so it's time to bring on the listener questions and offer what will hopefully be some really helpful solutions. But before we do, we should probably tell you a little bit about how we put this episode together. Yes, definitely. So we started by putting a shout out on Instagram stories and we were actually so overwhelmed by the response. So thank you so much for sending them in. And while we will try our darndest to answer as many questions as possible, we won't be able to get to all of them and we might have to whiz through some of them. So we're going to be addressing some queries on Instagram stories and others via DM. So if you did submit a question and you don't hear it on the episode, do keep your eyes peeled on Instagram because we will be getting back to some of you as well. Okay, our first question. How do you make a decision on a wedding country? Never mind a venue. We're both Irish living in Oz. We did just discuss the whole be decisive thing. Be decisive. It's not easy to advise someone on how to be decisive. This is a very specific issue that I feel like yeah it's it's a tricky one make for a pros and cons list that's a good way to do it make a pros and cons list taking in things like budget family expectations who'll be able to get to australia who won't yeah we often hear from real couples who like this person the family and friend group are really scattered you know to two opposite ends of the globe that they try and find somewhere in the in middle between, yeah which works for their guests so consider that as an option as well as ireland and australia and I wouldn't say ask too many opinions of guests or relatives. No. That's getting into dangerous territory. But make a pros and cons list. Uh, consider your three options. And if you still aren't sure, go and see a venue somewhere and see if that will help you understand better what you want. Next question. Do you think I need a photo booth? I'm kind of over them. If you're kind of over them, you don't need one. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that one. Thoughts on hiring babysitters for weddings. We have guests coming from abroad who have kids. We're thinking of doing this so they can have fun. I think that's a lovely idea. Yeah, it's very considerate. Definitely not expected, but considered and definitely appreciated. Yeah, I think your guests will be really touched that you went the extra mile there. I think that's a nice idea. Go for it. This is a fun one. Is consummating the marriage on the night of the wedding still common? I don't think so. I wouldn't say if you're having a big, massive party that it is, because no. when do you build time into the day? Sure, by the time it's not the wedding night anymore, it's the next morning, so like... I also feel like you're getting married, you have literally the rest of your lives to have sex with each other. Yeah. You don't necessarily feel any pressure to have sex in the wedding night. As we said before, it's not Ryan's daughter. It's not <laughs> Ryan's daughter. So, I mean, common, I wouldn't actually say so. If no. you're maybe having a civil ceremony first or a, a really low-key thing or an elopement probably a lot of couples do because they actually have the time and it's a like romantic night they spend alone but when you have the opportunity to have 150 or 200 of your friends and family in a room you're going to want to spend the extra hour on the dance floor I think now the next question my bridesmaid organized an expensive enough hen will I pretend I know nothing yep <laughs> I'm erring on the side of yeah pretend you know nothing don't get involved it is tricky for <sighs> the guests but that's not really your thing to be worrying no, about. Not your concern. Yeah. I mean, I think excuse yourself from this one. It's not your job to plan the hen. What if it's like 10 grand trip to Vegas? It's not your job to plan the hen <laughs> is True. what is, is yeah, my feeling. And if anyone can't afford it, they can't afford it. Yeah. Definitely consider having uh, a second smaller thing or mm. a mixed gender hen stag where you all go to the pub one night. If you're worried about people, you know, being ostracized by the price. Next question is, how many portions of cake is recommended? I doubt everyone will have some. You might be surprised. Sometimes it depends on if you have late night food. Some people really like dig into the cake if you don't. But generally, your baker will be able to tell you. So there's fixed cakes for different amounts of guests. So if you have 80 guests, they bake you an 80 person cake. 
And if you have any left over, you can always use it for day two or give it out to some of your guests. The Would day. the wine rule of thumb apply here where like probably three quarters of people will have a slice of cake? Is that a fair gamble? I don't know. I think you're definitely better off talking to a baker because it depends as well on the cake. So a chocolate biscuit cake will be a lot more dense and will require smaller slices and a light sponge. Yeah, true. And we were at a wedding recently where the guests went absolutely mental for the candy cart. Mm. Don't underestimate people's interest in sweets. Okay, next question. Is it okay not to have any seating plan at the reception? We're having food stations and wanted to be relaxed and for the guests to get into the other elements of the reception. But my family think it'll be stressful for people to find somewhere to sit. I mean, I don't think it will. I think it will be fine unless you have limited seating. If you have enough seating for everyone, I don't see why there would be a massive problem there. No, people tend to muck in. I think it's more if you have people on their own and you're a bit nervous about who they'll sit with. It's kind of good to have designated seating so you can make sure everyone's with someone who'll chat away to them. But generally, if, you've, if you're looking for a whole casual vibe and you want everyone to just chill out and sit where they want, then I think it's fine. Yeah, unless you're planning on having two hour speeches and, you know, people are stuck with people they don't know. But even still, they're probably more worried about the two hour speeches. One tip I would have, though, is to just watch the seating in terms of if you've large groups, you know, if there's eight people at one table or say nine people at one table and there's a space free that won't get filled. So you might need more space than guests you have if you're not having assigned seating. I think as long as you're happy with the laid back vibe, that should be fine. Next question is, my sister is getting married in January 2020. I'm getting married in August 2020. I'm worried we will have similar weddings. I think it's okay if you see my wedding. I mean, they don't say whether or not, you know, they're getting married in the same venue to the same man. <laughs> hopefully um, not. Hopefully not to the same person. Um, yeah, like if there are loads of similarities, though, what could you really do about it? Let's say that you both really love the same venue and the same band and the same florist. You know, what reasonably can you you can't say to your sister I got there first yeah I think you can get into really tricky territory if you start one comparing your wedding to each other and two sussing out what they have or like getting into conflict of well I booked them first or I chose that first so you can either sit down and have a conversation about it and say look do we want to make sure we don't have any overlap or you decide you're not really going to get into the details of your wedding to make sure that there's no conflict Yeah, I think either of those options is a good one, as in be very deliberate if you really care about overlapping Mm. and have a conversation about it. And if you don't care so much, I think it's fine for you both to stay in your own lanes and plan your own weddings and not worry about it too much. You're two different couples. The weddings will be different. There'll be different guests who really dictate the mood and the vibe. Yeah, They will be different. Uh, unless you're worried about very fine details, like I don't want her to have peonies if I'm having peonies in my bouquet, in which case, you know. There's enough peonies for everyone. There are. Really quickly, I we got married about six weeks before very good friends of ours who are also a couple and we were in like our small conversations about the weddings we thought we were having identical weddings we were quite sure we were and then on the day they looked and felt completely different so even if you think you have a similar vibe similar catering similar venue it will definitely feel totally different yeah i wouldn't have said those two weddings from a guest point of view were very similar except that there were overlap of guests yeah so yeah that's a reassuring point. Thank you, Claire. Um, I really like this question, although I'm worried I'm going to get myself <laughs> into trouble. Uh, which wedding cliche do you secretly hate? Okay, oh. I will go first. Go for it. So this is fine. and I don't want to make anyone feel bad who does this. I'm not a fan 
and I don't know why, but they get my goat of the getting ready matching bridal party robes. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't mind when bridesmaids wear the same thing, the same dress in a bridal party. I actually think that looks beautiful and it's very sweet. But for some reason with the robes, I feel like they're taking it a step too far. So sometimes... I see that and I'm like, did you need to did you need to go there? That's my one bugbear in weddings. And it's a pretty that's small your only one. Bugbear, you're doing all right. I think so. After this long working in weddings, if that's my biggest gripe, I yes. think I'll be okay. Mine is one that we mentioned in a previous episode, but it's a bride doing a bouquet toss. It just doesn't sit well with me. I feel like it's a bit smug. Yeah. That's all I'll say on that. You feel like she's corralling her friends yes. like but, cattle. You know, if you do you is is their motto and if if you want to talk about okay that's oh yeah I've been in rooms where there are bridal robes I'm not having a meltdown by any standards (laughs) I'm just going like oh meh you know yeah but we did answer the question so well done us yay we didn't uh, get ourselves into too much trouble hopefully Hopefully not please keep listening to the podcast (laughs) Uh, the next question is when do you need to plan the hen so generally I say about three for three months out yeah I would say it would be good to know what you're doing for the hen six months before the wedding date yeah because i mean more if you're having a big blowout vegas hen or miami you need to give people good notice you need to give people probably more notice you need to be thinking about it more than six months out but i think six months if if it's six months now to the wedding date and you're supposed to be planning a hen i think you should be looking at yourself in the mirror and asking yourself some questions (laughs) at least saving the date among the hens and then generally have hold the hen about three months out but obviously that totally depends on the people like the the bride might want her sister who's only flying in from australia for the wedding so then the hen has to be the week before the wedding things like that but generally if you've everyone available i would yeah say two or three months out just so that everyone has a bit of leeway financially between the hen and the wedding yeah the six month rule is more a check-in point to be like okay do i have a plan in place do i have i talked to the bride do i know whether she wants to do it abroad or at home Mm. Uh, like claire and i have planned hens in like two weeks flat like it's doable and they turn out great we weren't the disorganized ones i just want to say it was a short lead into a wedding no it was uh, (laughs) us and the bride's sister who was also very organized and it was the bride who was a bit like i don't know if i want a hen (laughs) Which is really tricky. So um, sympathies with any (laughs) bridal party members out there who are dealing with that. But yeah, try and get them to make some kind of decision six months out is my advice. So the next question. Music at the drinks reception, essential or optional? I think some kind of music, even if it's piped, that's totally fine. Make up a Spotify playlist. I think, oh, we do. We have one on the site, a drinks reception playlist. Something just laid back, chilled and inoffensive. Obviously, live music is lovely and really sets an atmosphere, but it's not essential. The only time I think that music isn't essential at a drinks reception is if you're in a very pub style atmosphere Mm. when, you know, there's enough chatter going on that it feels lively and atmospheric. Otherwise, I would always suggest having even a playlist on in the background just to kind of level things out and make people comfortable you know giving them those audio cues that they're like in a fun place like a restaurant or a pub or a club or whatever and yeah I mean great if you've got the budget for live music that would be fab if not don't worry. So we have a few questions that came in about accommodation the first of which is how do you navigate the accommodation struggle who gets cut off the list so I can only presume here that this person means if you are hiring say a country house venue and you only have 15 or 20 rooms who gets those rooms and who has to look elsewhere. I obviously start with family, wedding party. Yeah. And then it's kind of who do you want to be up with at six in the morning, really? 
I would say as well, it's good to look down your guest list and see if there's anyone with specific requirements. Mm. Like if there's, you know, an elderly great auntie or something who maybe you're not very close with, but you know that like it would really benefit her to stay on site. Yes. Make considerations in that way. Likewise, people with kids might be more helpful if they stay on site. And once you've taken those people into consideration, yeah, then I think figure out, you know, who do you want to spend the most amount of time with on your wedding day? Again, we're going to have to force you to make an A, B and C list of your friends and family. We're always doing this, but it is really helpful when it comes to these debacles. Mm. So the next one on accommodation is, do you pay for the bridal party and groomsmen rooms on the wedding night? We get this question on a, I would say, nearly daily basis. People are really stressed about this. I didn't know this was such a thing. It's certainly not expected. I don't think it's expected. I mean, from a guest point of view and from a bridal party member point of view, I've never really presumed anyone's going to pay for my accommodation. I think where the grey area comes is when the bridal party members are expected to stay in a venue or a hotel or somewhere that's just a bit swish. And maybe the couple are a little bit worried that they're expecting too much of them, as in they know that they could get a better deal out there for the night of the wedding and be just as happy. I don't think there's any, it's not necessary to pay. It's nice to offer if you've got the budget. If you don't, you can also always have just open up a conversation with them and let them know they don't have to stay there if they can't afford it. Yeah, exactly. And in a very, but in a very much like allowing them to make decision, not in a passive aggressive, well, you don't have to stay if you can't afford it kind of way. There's a way to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bring up a conversation like, oh, listen, we're just going through accommodation options. We were wondering how you felt about staying with us. Are you really tight on budget at the minute? You know, that's a good way to approach it, I think. Yeah, I think that's also a good way of letting them know that you're not paying for it because sometimes as a bridal party member, if it's alluded to that they are paying, it can be really tricky then if you realise that they're not. (laughs) Always our advice is to be open with people about what's going on. I know from my perspective, if I don't feel like I know what's going on, I get a bit stressed and I'm yes. like, oh, am I paying? Are they paying? Am I supposed to be setting aside this money? How much is it? How much do I owe? So if you can just be clear with them, that's probably the best thing you can do. And the next question is in the same vein. It's when paying for a bridal party accommodation, do we need to cover partners both nights too? So I'm guessing that's the night before and the day of the wedding. Mm, this is kind of awkward because if you're having the partners down or if they're required to stay there and you're covering it might just be more tricky to get them to pay for half. Like generally, it's a room rate rather than a per person rate. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it is a room rate basis 90% of the time. So I don't think there's really a cool way to be like, oh, can your boyfriend pay half of it, please? You kind of either have to go all in and offer to pay accommodation for the night of the wedding anyway. Yeah. Or say, which is perfectly acceptable, as we said, uh, you know, I, I we are not covering the accommodation, but f- what options can we give you, or how can we, you know, help you find the right fit for? Yeah, the, for the one of night. the times I was a bridesmaid, I went down with the bride the night before, and I stayed in with her in the bridal suite, which was pretty nice. nice. And then the next day, Marco came down for the actual wedding, and it meant then I wasn't minding him when I was supposed to be on bridesmaid's duty as well, which was kind of good because he wouldn't have known as many people. So that's also an option too that you can encourage partners to come on the day depending on where your venue is and if that's feasible. Mm. And when it comes to night before and day after again I think it depends on how generous you want to be. I don't think any of this is a must do. No not at all but I do think when it comes to partners it's either cover the room or don't. I don't think you can slice it in half. Yeah, no, there's no easy way to do that. It's an awkward conversation in the best case scenario. Uh, Right, so now we're on to guest list 
God, you guys have a lot of questions about <laughs> guest lists. And I understand it's a really um, it's big so point tricky. of contention. Yeah. So should I invite my step parents' kids? I feel like, okay, so I feel like you can divide the guest list into parents and not parents. And parents do so much more for you throughout your life mm. than in most cases, if you're you know lucky enough to have great parents, they tend to do a lot more for you throughout your life than your friends, than your siblings. And if your step parent is someone like that, who's really been there for you for the whole of your life and is like, you know, financially and emotionally contributed to the person who you are today, I think you should always maybe give them a little bit more than you would give an average guest and consider them a bit more. So I would err on the side of yes, if you feel like, you know, that person, that step parent is really important to you and they've really been there for you. I think that's a nice thing to do if you can financially. Yeah, absolutely. And then if it's a case of they're only a recent step parent and you don't really know their children. Grand. Then, yeah, you don't need to invite them. Yeah, we're going to say this a lot throughout these questions, but blame the venue. We've said this <laughs> yes. before. You can always say, oh, the venue have these really strange capacity limitations. Really sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, and with any guest list dilemma, it comes down to your relationship with the person. Mm. So the next question is, my parent is only with their partner a short time. Should I invite them? Okay, so that's similar. And in the same way, if if your parent wants their partner there, then yes. I think it's a really nice gesture to ask them because I feel like a parent's partner might feel a little bit like anxious about the new relationship. And on the periphery generally. Yeah, yeah. and it would be a really nice gesture to invite them, you know, if that relationship has started off on a good foot. That's it. it. It really comes down to if your parent wants them there or not. Yeah. How do I tell my black sheep uncle that he's not invited? He's an uncle by marriage. First of all, I would like to say I love that this person coined the phrase black sheep uncle as if it's a thing. It is now. Um, I don't know that you need to tell him he's not invited. Just don't invite him. Unless right? he's kind of in your house or your parents' house on a regular basis and you're kind of confronting him over cornflakes on a weekend or something. I don't think you need to. If that is the situation, oh God. The tricky thing that comes in if you're inviting... I'm guessing his wife. If he's an uncle by marriage, mm-hmm. whoever he's married to might be invited. Yeah, that's tricky. Because that's one of your parents' siblings. And then you get into grey area. I mean, it comes down to what's on the envelope. And if the envelope comes in that doesn't have his name on it, then he will know. Yeah. You know, and I understand it might be awkward if there are chats beforehand. Or, of course, if he says something like, God, I can't wait for the wedding. You might actually have to... <laughs> be a big girl or a big boy about it and be like well actually and bring it up there and then I think that's probably the kinder thing to do if you've decided to take the plunge and not invite them for whatever reason you just have to own that decision Mm -hmm. and be honest about it know that you have your reasons and your reasons are valid yeah so this question is are afters invites still a thing I thought not I thought so I thought so I would more so get them digitally though I don't get a lot of actual stationery posted out to me for afters no I've generally either just had a whatsapp with the details or someone's made up like a an evite a nice is, graphic yeah, yeah that just has all the details in one place it's handy for you to like save to your phone or yeah whatever. a lot of times your stationer might actually do do one up for you and then you don't need to pay for the printing you just pay for the design mm. and I've um, had them come through with those what are they called paperless those? post paperless post yeah, yeah those services where you can sign up and they kind of do the heavy lifting for you I've had invites to afters come through that as well and it's really handy because you just get to RSVP yeah. online 
But in terms of like actually having afters, that's still definitely very much a thing. And it's very handy for groups of people like cousins, work colleagues or like old school friends that you mightn't feel like you can afford to have the whole day, but you'd still like to meet them on the dance floor at the end of the night. Yeah, it's a great way to hoover up those people who you would like there, but, you know, constraints just don't allow you to have them to the full day. The next question is a tricky one. I don't have a good relationship with my mom. Do I have to invite her? Uh, my heart really breaks for this person because yeah. I'm like, it's so sad that you don't have a, a good relationship with your mom. I'm not sure whether to take that as they aren't on speaking terms, they have real deep rooted issues or whether it's like my mom drives me nuts. Yeah. But I presume it's the former. I presume there are genuine issues there. You don't have to invite anyone. No. We come across couples often who have real problems with close family members and they just can't have them there in the day because they know they're not going to be their happiest, most confident, most relaxed self. And if that's the case for you, don't invite her and just, again, like be comfortable in your decision and know that you have your reasons and you have to look out for number one and number two, which is you and your partner and what kind of a day you're going to have. I think you have to time travel a bit in your head, one to the day itself and then one to like in 10 years time, will I look back and regret that decision? And chances are, if you're not going to feel comfortable and you're not going to enjoy the day with them there, then you're making the right decision to not invite them. Mm, I love that time travel tip. I know we can't always see into the future, but sometimes it is handy to put yourself in that position and go, okay, look, when I am at my 30th wedding anniversary, is this issue between us going to still matter? That's a good way to kind of decipher like how extreme, I suppose, the issue is with the person and whether or not they're coming to the wedding. So this question is, we decided to have no kids at our wedding. How do we break the news? Again, you don't need to break the news. Just send the invitations to the parents. I really like the phrase adult only wedding. Oh, yeah. Because I think it's very clear. And I think some people get a wedding invitation and they maybe don't have the appreciation that you and I, Claire, have for stationery. (laughs) And they kind of sight read it. Yes. And the envelope maybe goes in the bin before they look at it. So I think my tip would be have somewhere, whether it's on your invitation or on your wedding website, that we are having an adult only wedding. And then you can finish that sentence off in a nice, cute way. Like, so we really uh, hope you're able to come and, you know, enjoy a night off from the kids. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I think works well. Don't be worried about it. There will definitely be people who, not definitely, there might be some people who can't make it for whatever reason. And that's totally fair enough. But there'll also be people who are delighted to have a night off. So don't be too stressed about it. Yeah, from people I've talked to, most people, if they're able to take a night off from the kids, they really want to do it that way. They enjoy that. Once in a blue moon, I've heard people say that they're, a little bit offended by it and they will say well if my kids aren't invited then I'm not going and that is the risk that you take as the couple by having an adult only wedding but again that's not the biggest deal in the world it's quite unlikely yeah and if it happens listen you'll smooth it over it will be fine that's their issue not yours Mm. I'm planning on doing save the dates is sending them a year before the wedding too early no no not at all especially if you're in a friend group where there are four or five weddings a year even two or three weddings a year for people who are just planning out their holidays and things like that it's very helpful to know the dates as soon as you possibly can I can't be the only person on earth who 
plans their holidays a year in advance and what they're going to do the following summer like people generally have ideas in their head of how the year is going to plan out I think so yeah definitely and if you have a lot or if you're a bridal party for a couple of different people or you're involved in different weddings it can be really stressful if you've got three or four together so it just gives people a bit of a heads up especially if they need to travel or save money for it Mm. if you're worried that maybe people are going to somehow forget or they're going to think Jesus 2021 that's in the future I don't need to even write down the date to the wedding I don't even need to remember this you know you could do something like an e-invite afterwards to remind people if you wanted if you're having a really big wedding but again like if people forget you know I'm sorry that's on them it sure is can you invite some cousins and not others I think so yeah depends on your relationship again but you can ask just the ones you're good pals with I think people asking this question might be thinking of more traditional weddings in the past where there were more formal rules about guest lists but Mm. I would say it's totally fine judge it on the relationship yeah I don't think anyone would be offended for not being invited they all know the story at this stage yeah they might choose to do the same thing at their wedding so we have a few questions about suppliers one of which is do you tip your vendors I would say yes tip anyone who's a delivery driver any wait staff at your wedding bar staff anyone who doesn't own the business Mm -hmm. and any service industry so hair makeup people like that yeah rule of thumb I suppose is if you would tip them in your everyday life tip them for your wedding yes yeah and it's a good idea actually to maybe have a couple of tens or twenties put aside in envelopes give them to a bridal party member and get them to do it because you might not remember on the day let's face it you'll be off having a great time doing other things the next one is similar it's do you feed your vendors I can say as the partner of a man who's in a wedding band, <laughs> it's very much appreciated when vendors are fed. Um, yeah, like again, look, nobody is, you know, my boyfriend has never come home and been like, God, that couple didn't feed us. What a disgrace. It's not really expected, but it's really appreciated, especially if your venue is a little bit remote. If you're getting married in a city, less so, like the vendors can pop out and get a sandwich. The problem is more if you're getting married, you know, in the wild countryside they don't have food options available to them and a lot of vendors have really you know high calorie burning jobs like being in a wedding band you're burning a lot of calories loading in loading out and playing the music so throwing them a plate of sandwiches or chicken nuggets is not a big deal i would say though any suppliers that are there working with you for the day you absolutely should feed so a photographer you should definitely provide a meal for and make sure that you ask them their dietary requirements as well yeah now someone asked when feeding suppliers should I set a price limit if you're worried about price in this case like Claire said I would say it is the cool thing to do to feed people who are going to be working with you for a full day Uh, if you're I suppose trying to cut costs in some way you can talk to your venue or whoever's providing the food about the late night food and ask them maybe to add an extra couple of platters on that's probably a way to do it if you are worried about costs most venues though will ask you about suppliers you want to feed and they'll provide a meal for them it doesn't necessarily come at the price of a plate at the wedding but it will generally be the same food that you're eating at the wedding yeah I wouldn't worry about that too much that will come along during wedding planning do you need to have a tab for drinks for the band? That's very generous. I've never heard of this. I mean, it's nice to get around in. It's a nice idea. Um, I can't say I've ever encountered this in all of my days um, interacting with wedding bands. And I mean, I don't think wedding bands are big enough cheeses to have riders <laughs> where <No>. they ask <laughs> for a tab. So I don't think it's, no, I don't think you need to have it. 
as with all of these things, it would be nice to offer to buy them a pint. Yes, but you don't need it. On to gifts now. We've been asked for ideas. Someone wrote in and asked us, can you give me some ideas for bridesmaids presents? Well, the classic is jewellery, really. Mm, I guess jewellery is a nice sentimental gift that they can keep forever. And it's also really easy to get nice, affordable jewellery that's very simple. Mm. As long as I think you know the person's chosen metallic. So whether they're into like rose gold, silver, yellow gold, whatever. Good tip. Uh, it's quite easy then to pick, you know, a really simple uh, pendant or a really simple bracelet for them. Other ideas. I mean, it depends on how many you have as well. You don't want to be getting, you know, six friends expensive restaurant vouchers you don't want to go too high with the costings either yeah and you don't want to go too like i mean obviously you could get them all like the same something but then it doesn't really seem very personal so it is nice to put a bit of thought into it and give them all something a little bit individual that suits them it could be a book that you've picked out for each of them or a different item of jewelry or a bag or a purse but I think try not to go too uniform and buy like four or six of the same thing because then it shows you put a bit more thought into it I have heard people say that they came away from a wedding with basically a bag of crap that was put <laughs> together for them that was just out of pressure from the bride's yeah, point of view yeah a little bag panic buying and like not to say that the, you know they were touched at the time but then they got home and they were like why do I have six you know naggins of whiskey in my bag and I don't drink whiskey you know do try to keep it personal and tailor to the person uh, it's also I think acceptable not to give bridesmaids gifts so if you're really struggling I think it would be better to not give something and maybe do Write a thank a really you nice card, card later yeah. than to panic buy stuff that isn't appropriate yeah maybe give a card on the day and then if you want to thank them after the fact you can yeah you can buy yourself time that way and choose a present for them a month later the next question is gifts for parents that aren't flowers I really like this question because often I feel like getting the parents flowers at the wedding is just a bit awkward. It's beautiful gesture, but I sometimes see mams walking around with a big bouquet. Yeah, and it's my really mother-in-law left hers behind. Yeah, so. yeah. Sometimes if you're in a venue that's far away from your home, you're, what are you going to do with your bouquet flowers? Yes. So again, like it'd be nice to get your parents maybe a voucher for a meal. Yeah, or a nice a meal massage. or experience. Yes, yeah, spa is really lovely. Nice one. My dad did tons for us in the lead up to our wedding so we got a really nice watch um, a really nice maybe bottle of his chosen alcohol yes. if he's so inclined or her again a piece of jewellery is always appreciated in my book yeah I think you can apply the rules you would apply for a birthday or Christmas you mm. know if there's something that you know you've been dying for an excuse to get them yeah that's a good it could also to- be something for them for the day itself whether that's cufflinks or earrings or something like that that they can use on the day whatever you get them they'll like have a really nice memory attached to mm-hmm. it, I think so we're on to our last batch of questions which are based on style this person asks I love two dresses that are a similar price and style help I don't think this lady has a problem. (laughs) Pick one and go for it and then don't think about it anymore. Yeah, you're very, very lucky to have found a dress you love. So just choose one and forget about the other one. It's going to be gorge. Trust it will be gorge. Alterations. Should you go with the recommendation of the boutique? Now, you don't have to. You don't have to. There's no obligation. No, not at all. And definitely get the price for it beforehand. But the thing with going with the boutique is their seamstresses or what's a male seamstress? Seamster. Seamster. I know I made that up. I don't know what it is. (laughs) There aren't any. (laughs) Their alterations person 
will know the dress itself because the boutique stocks it. They'll know how it's supposed to hang and they may have been trained by the designer as to how it should fall and how it should sit, which is why it tends to be a good idea to go with the boutique's in-house person. I want to make a disclaimer here, which is a really tricky thing about alterations is often they can't really give you a quote in advance. Mm. The boutique maybe can because they know the dress. They've seen it. They've seen the sample on you. Other alterations people might not be able to until they've seen the dress, they've seen it on you, they know whether you want small tweaks or big radical changes. So it is tricky in that way. Um, you kind of just have to, I suppose, cough it up and pay for one initial alterations appointment to see if you are really struggling to pick between one or the other. Mm. Um, one thing I will say is if your dress is in some way speciality, so if it's vintage, I would put a lot of weight in what your vintage boutique recommends yes. because they will know probably someone who's an expert in that specific type of garment. But yeah, I think that should answer your question. And if it doesn't, we have an extensive feature on alterations that I recently wrote that you can find in the site. Next question is, what do you do when you're not amazed by your dress during fittings? This to me depends heavily on which fitting it is. If it's your first fitting since you've got the dress ordered, I wouldn't worry because it probably doesn't fit you right now. And that's probably what's worrying you. You tried on a sample, maybe it fit you relatively well. There was just a few tweaks to be made. Then the boutique, as they want to do, because this is the way they do it, ordered a dress for you that was bigger than you are. And now you're trying it on and you're like, oh, it looks a bit like a sack. It will all work out in the end. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. And your alterations person should explain that to you, hopefully. So the first fitting things might not look fitted to you. If that's the issue, then I wouldn't worry about it. But if it's more about the feel you don't have. You've fallen a bit out of love with it. Yeah, that is trickier issue. And how often you have to think about why you loved it originally and kind of almost try and fall in love with it again because you've made a commitment now you've bought it yeah it's tough i mean if it's a very reasonably priced dress then you know you have the option of buying another one chances are you've gone all in on your budget there's no going back now that you have the dress on so um, you just have to remember why you loved it originally and think about fun ways to dress it up, whether that's a veil or hair accessories or shoes. Yeah, you can absolutely change it up with cool accessories and talk to your alterations person as well. Maybe you're just not into the sleeves and they mm. can remove the sleeves for you pretty easily and it will only cost, you know, an extra hundred euro and it's worth it. The groom is the same height as me, but I love my heels. Will the pictures look stupid? No. No. You'll look great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Unless he has a particular issue with his height, then maybe you should consider his feelings. If, you know, he's it's a real sensitive subject for him. Yeah, but if it's about the pictures, don't worry at all. The pictures will look great if you've picked a good photographer. The next question is one close to my heart. What different types of bras would you recommend for a backless dress? Now, I've done some research, Selena. Claire has been talking about this all bloody week. She's been sending me pictures <laughs> of Kardashian covered in duct tape. And frankly, Claire, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea so, what we're dealing with here. The only way I can explain this is to say to Google the Kim Kardashian duct tape method. Can we endorse this method? Though? I it don't think we can because I've read loads of reviews and people say it's sore and that you, it doesn't last very long. You're duct taping your boobs to your shoulders, essentially. Yes, yeah. So I feel like that's a very extreme method. You're not yeah. going to be comfortable on your wedding day if that's no. the case. Maybe so, we need to yeah, So for alternatives, options. yeah, I would say swimsuits can be your best friend. Now, it makes it tricky to pee. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. 
A swimsuit can often be crafted in a way that most shapewear isn't in that it can be have a really low back and a really deep V front. So if that's what you need for your dress, do look at swimsuits if you're absolutely stuck. But there are ready-made options. There are shapewear and corsets. There are corsets designed with a really low back. So it looks like you're not wearing a bra at all. There is one that I've found very good reviews for called <laughs> this is a get ready for it guys <laughs> it's called fashion forms natural voluptuous non-wired non-padded strapless stick on backless bra <laughs> and it's a real thing I can verify it's it she showed thing. it to me it's on the, on Debenham's the Debenham's website. website and it has incredible reviews and I think that could be great also depending on your dress your seamstress might be able to build in a bra just mm-hmm. at the front worth asking her yeah yeah now it totally depends on your dress but generally that when you see a backless dress that is what's happening underneath yeah, I um, can also recommend perkies, which are kind of like pasties, sort of. Yeah, that you adhere to yourself. Maybe <laughs> not describing that very well. And I'm a D cup worked for me with some outfits. Now, yeah. not all. Again, if you've got a very sheer, not sheer, but if you've got a very light fabric, it's really, really tricky. If you've got a fabric that has a bit of stretch and hold in it, you're you've got more options to play with. Yeah. And I just wanted to add a PS, which is not fully related to the question, but the Wonder Bra strapless bra is amazing. So if you need a strapless bra for brides or bridesmaids, definitely check that out. This is not a hashtag ad. Claire is no. always banging on about this bra yeah. and I haven't bought one yet. When but you I will. find a good bra in your life, you need to spread you the word. You want to pass it on. Yeah, yes. of course. We're down to our last question. So this person writes, my ceremony is at 2pm. There are five of us for makeup. Myself, my three bridesmaids and my mom. What should be my start time for makeup? God, they're really putting us to it here. Um, mm. Want us to do the whole timeline for them. Uh, <laughs> so I recently uh, heard a really good rule of thumb from a wedding makeup artist, which is that the bride's makeup should take an hour and the bridesmaids and or mams should take about a half an hour. Now, you want to always overshoot with the amount of time Definitely. things take. And talk to your makeup artist because they will differ. Some people might be slower, others are faster. You might not realise this, but your makeup artist will probably have the timeline already set. Yes. Like they might even say to you, okay, we're starting at seven. Mm. You might not. It might not be your job to come up with this start time. Um so definitely talk to them and ask them what they recommend and definitely build in extra time for like people coming in and going, oh, I just wanted to say good luck and yes. giving you bits and pieces to photographs, ha- like stopping to have a drink. Like it shouldn't be a military morning yeah. for you. It should be fun. It should be relaxed. So you definitely need to build in time to enjoy yourself and have a drink and chill out with your friends and get some photos taken. I feel like this person just wants a time. Seven o'clock, seven a.m. Oh, I was going to say eight. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's go 7.30. Okay, 7.30. Yeah, as a compromise. I can't believe we got to the end of the I questions, know. Claire. Chuffed. I think we did good. Yeah, there are loads more that we can't get in, but we got to our main batch, so I'm proud of us for yes. that. And for actually, for almost every question, we have an answer on onefabday.com. So if you Google your question and add in onefabday.com at the end of the search bar, you'll likely find something. And if you don't, you can email us and we'll try and get back to you with an answer. The channels are always open, so you can always send us in questions and dilemmas. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it's funny. Some of us will never, ever find true love. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? Your non-wedding homework this week. Now, as we've seen in this episode, wedding planning can be a real roller coaster of emotions. So it's crucial that you take regular breaks from the process. For this reason, Claire has assigned us some fun and non-wedding related homework. What are we doing this week, Claire? Well, this week I've stolen this from a girl in the office called Anya. Hey, Anya. Hello, Anya. How's it going? So Anya had a weekend a few weeks ago where she left her other half in Dublin. She went down to her parents for the weekend. She brought Prosecco, packed a face mask, had a book, a onesie, some stuff ready to go on Netflix. She basically had a little spa weekend on her own at home for the weekend. Her mom cooked her dinner. It sounded lush and I went in. A lot of parents, I think, would be game for this as in a kind of brief retreat to your childhood where your mom yes. and dad do kind of everything for you but yeah. it's fun on an adult level when you can also share a glass of bubbly with them yeah and now all parents mightn't let you lie on and hide in your room and watch netflix for the afternoon but if you just have a word and ask them if you can i'm sure they'll oblige and shout out to anya's parents they sound super sound yes and if say your parents live down the road and it's not quite a retreat you can always book an airbnb for the weekend and have a little staycation by yourself the one fab date wedding podcast That's a wrap on today's episode, but don't worry, we'll continue to answer your questions and address your dilemmas on the podcast every single week. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or send them via social media. We're at onefabday across all the platforms. And if you like this episode, let us know. If the Q&A format floats your collective boats, we may well do it all over again in a future episode. Before we go, we have to ask a little bit of a favor. If you're a fan of the podcast and you haven't already, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and to recommend it to any friends, engaged or otherwise, who you think might enjoy it. And of course, you can visit our online home at onefabday.com where we've got brand new posts going up every single day. There's real weddings, planning guides, style roundups and so much more. So we hope to see you there. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. 
Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.